0: Hey, Barrett Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective-type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Currently based in London, Ananya is a singer-songwriter, women's way designer, and creative Born and raised in Zimbabwe. Ananya spent most of her time developing her love for music through her childhood by performing, writing, learning to play the piano, guitar, and drums. With the success of her debut EP, I Woke Up One Night, Ananya is set to take the music world by storm. Up next on Slepsvant, we've got Ananya. Where'd we find you in the world and how are you doing?
1: Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I'm good, thank you. You can find me on instagram and tiktok and facebook all at ananya makes music Mm -hmm. except for twitter which is ananya worldwide and you are based where in south africa i'm actually currently based in london oh are you in london
0: okay yes so how long have you been in london
1: just over one year now but i recorded a lot of my ep in cape town
0: at what age did you decide decide cool i want to be in the entertainment world whether it was as a child or teenager, and how did that journey accumulate to where we are today?
1: I think it was always kind of in the back of my brain. My mother bought me a karaoke set when I was probably six years old. Yep. And I'd sung You're Beautiful by James Blunt the whole day. So I think from <laughs> a young age, I kind of understood that it was something that I loved to do. Mm-hmm. And then growing up, when I learned how to write music, I just could not really understand how music writing music was so healing. And that's when I kind of decided that, okay, this is a lot more than just a hobby that I do on the weekend.
0: What does that trigger to think, okay, cool, it's not just a hobby. It's healing and it's sending messages out to the world. What was that click for you in your brain?
1: You know, back then when I started writing, of course, the songs were terrible. I think my first song ever was called Lovesick. But Uh just knowing and just understanding that you can turn a feeling or an emotion into a melody Okay. or you know, a piece of music, and then it's a whole different thing. And then other people can feel the same thing too. Of course, I didn't feel that when I wrote lovesick. <laughs> but that was kind of my own interpretation of a feeling. And that's when I kind of, that was kind of the click for me.
0: This leads me to neurolinguistic program. I'm not sure to if you're aware of NLP. People process information differently. And each one has a dominant process element. Uh, they've got a dominant one, secondary and tertiary. Dominant means they're in this space for the majority of the day. So you've got visual people who are creating pictures in their mind while processing information. You've got auditory people that are breaking down the words, the sentences, and the paragraphs and understanding the words, sentences, and paragraphs. Then you've got kinesthetic people, which it's about the feeling, the emotion, the energy, the body language, and so forth. I get a sense that you may be kinesthetic from the sense that you spoke about the feeling and emotion. So when you listen to music, are you a kinesthetic of person and you feel it or are you creating pictures or, or
1: listening to the words? I think I'm definitely feeling, yeah, it's, it's definitely kind of, oh my goodness, what were they going through to have written something like this? Yep. So I guess that's where the picture comes into it. But throughout the song, I'm feeling.
0: And now when you listen to music by other artists, Are you able to just relax and listen or are you unpacking the words and the feelings of their songs all the time or combination of both? That's
1: such a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. I think um, the first time I listen to a song, I can't relax, but once I've digested it, it's fine.
0: Okay. So now let's dive into your creative brain. So from zero to three minutes, what is your journey in creating a song? Is it easy every time? What invigorates it? Is it solo or is it a combination with uh, collaborations? Let's unpack your creative journey.
1: It's definitely not always easy. And throughout the CP was the first time that I was lucky enough to write with other people, which has kind of just opened a whole new world to me. Okay. Um, so I love writing with others and collaborating. A lot of the time, I think it does start with a feeling or an emotion, and then it just kind of is... A place to journal, like songwriting's always been like my best friend where I can just, you know, it doesn't matter if no one's going to hear it at all. I'm just going to write music. Hmm. And then from there, I'll go to the guitar or the piano and put a melody to it.
0: So when you said you started collaborating with others and it opened a whole new world for you, how and why?
1: It was something I've never really done before. I was, you know, I'm always kind of in my bedroom with my guitar and my voice notes up writing by myself Mm -hmm. and then showing it to my family and then that's kind of how the song works but with the cp i was you know we went to the studio and we started with a concept and worked on the song from the ground up which was something so incredible to do because i don't think i've ever started in the morning with just an idea and then ended the day with the whole demo so just yeah i think there's a lot more possibility when you can collaborate so you
0: mentioned that and you mentioned also that your songwriting is like uh, therapy for use, you, like so, you're opening up your vulnerability, so to speak. So, when you're meeting the person or people that you're going to be collaborating with, how does that feel to know that they're going to know about your vulnerability? Is it challenging, or is it just a trust thing?
1: You know, I think everyone goes through very similar things most of the time. We yeah. are human beings. You know, we've all we've all had a bad day or have our hearts broken or Mm -hmm. so a lot of the time I just, that's actually what makes writing personal music really comfortable is that and that's how music's been kind of important to me is that, you know, if I hear a song by Taylor Swift, it sounds like she's written about my life, Okay, but it's, you know, it just to know that other people have almost similar experiences has been really comforting.
0: Okay. And then that helps when you interact with those people. So this is the first EP, correct? Your first release? So tell us about it. Let's unpack it. And are they all your children, they're all your songs. Are there any mm-hmm. that are favorites?
1: I do have a favorite. It's called October. Um, I think that one is very vulnerable and very honest. And it's my favorite because it was written from a point of regret. And I think that's, it's almost like looking in the mirror, but this time you're kind of looking at things exactly how they happen, not how you experience them. So I think that's definitely my favorite. But the EP is called I Woke Up One Night. It includes seven tracks and was recorded between London and Cape Town.
0: For the listeners who do not know, the difference between an EP and a full body of work album?
1: I guess an EP is kind of more of an introduction. Um, it feels a bit like an album to me, but it's no. more an introduction to my work. Um, okay. It's like an extended play of my music.
0: Oh, so EP stands for extended play. Okay. (laughs) I never realized it. So now thank you for that. So now brilliant. What do you enjoy about performing live?
1: I think knowing if ever anyone could ever relate to anything that I've written, I think that's when I find it the most rewarding because like I said, when you write something so vulnerable, you you know, you 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 think other people go through it. So knowing that someone it can help somebody through something or make them feel empowered is definitely the most incredible thing about performing.
0: Okay, so I've got a discussion points around this. I'm always that person right in front, dancing, jamming, do my thing. I will take my phone out for a couple of photos, videos, and then I'll put it away because I want to be in the moment. But I notice people around me, especially in the front, have their video their phones out for it a lot of the time, tweeting, posting. Do you feel that that is taking away them connecting to that feeling of, you know, the journey and experience of the song, or it's just where society is today?
1: I think it's how you interact with music. I think people always want to remember things. Like I, I often go back to concert videos and watch them just to kind of relive it. There's definitely songs that I will put my phone away to connect a lot more. So I think it just depends on how you interact with music, really.
0: Okay, understand that. But from the person on the stage viewing it, you understand it's just those people's interactions with the song and how they interpreting it at that time.
1: Yes. I think, I think I also just jump into my own body and understand when I'm at a concert, I'm filming to take it home with me because okay. I, I'm not going to be there forever.
0: <laughs> you know, I love me a CD. I still budget for my CDs every month. I love the aesthetic of holding the thing for me. of thank you to you guys for all the hard work you do, the energy exchange. I'm not sure if you're aware that CDs, cassettes, vinyls, they're all making a massive comeback, And it's not the older people. It's the younger kids and the teenagers that are buying it as well. But we've also got these streaming platforms where people consume music on. What is your thoughts around either?
1: I just think I kind of, I grew up in the beginning of my life where there was always CDs. My mom had this crazy music cabinet that was full of CDs from top. <laughs> so i grew up knowing that but then by the time i was a teenager and properly writing music everything shifted to streaming hmm. so i guess at the moment i'm just sitting on streaming platforms but i would love to one day have a cd or a vinyl
0: so what are the next steps in your journey so we've got the ep do you have hmm. any short-term long-term goals or you're just letting it flow as the steps move forward
1: I'm superstitious. So I'm kind of just letting it flow as it goes. Hopefully there'll be a music video soon and hopefully some more live performances.
0: And have you done music videos yet or not yet?
1: I have for songs before this EP. Okay. So I'm excited for the one to come for this EP.
0: (laughs) So what do you enjoy about doing music videos? And how much input do you have into the final representation of it?
1: I think with music videos, it's really fun because there's now a visual identity to a song um, and you can be really clever and, and cryptic. And, you know, of course, I'm, I'm a huge Swift fan who always leaves Easter eggs in her music videos. So <laughs> growing up watching her and making your own music videos, it's like without even knowing you're, you're trying to be like her. Um, so it's been really fun to do it kind of firsthand. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see what this one's like. It's been, it's been a really fun process working with directors and okay. the visuals.
0: So I love this game. I know if I had to ask you this question in two minutes, two years, two hours, five minutes, I know your answer will be different every time. I recognize mm-hmm. and understand that because there's millions of them. But if you had to push play to five songs by other artists want to finish this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom?
1: You're right this is always going to be different forever. Exactly. <laughs> um at the moment I love a song called Cedar by Gracie Abrams. My brother's in town and he's been playing Coldplay a lot so it would definitely be I love higher power by Coldplay. I think that's a really brilliant song to get your day started. I'm, I'm going to be naming all the mainstream pop songs yeah. That's okay. I'm listening a lot to the vault tracks from 1989 so okay. I think I would choose Is It Over Now by Taylor Swift. Okay. I wish I could open my music app and show you <laughs> <laughs> the I've been listening to. Oh, I love Iris Star, So definitely I'll be playing Rush after this. Okay. Um, and Troy Sivan, Angel Baby. It's an old one. So the podcast is
0: listened to throughout the world. As a final message to the audience, what would you like to say?
1: Just thank you for your time and thank you for listening to our conversation. <laughs> <laughs>